Today in the podcast, I have a wonderful lady by the name of Denise Duffy, and she is co-founder of Music Maker Foundation, situated in Carolina. And she co-founded the foundation with her husband by the name of Tim Duffy. Now I'm looking over here to my screen because I have so many notes about your foundation, Denise. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks so much for having me, Sylvia. It's just wonderful to learn of your story because when we look at American music and the the huge um, gift that the African-American community have given us in terms of all the styles of music that we listen to, whether it's you think of New Orleans or you think of just general jazz music, you think potentially of church music even, you know, that gospel flair. I mean, it, it just stems from the environment that you and your husband have documented over a long period of time now. So can you just explain what is the Music Maker Foundation about and how was it formed? So we're a nonprofit or, um, organization that supports American musical traditions by directly supporting the, the musicians who make it. We focus our work on um, senior artists, artists over the age of 55, although many of the artists we work with are in their 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, and so there, these are the people carrying forward the oldest traditions. Um, and many of them are community-based musicians. Many of them are also professional musicians. Um, we focus on the, the traditions of the American South, which we feel um, are, are really the base of, of all American contemporary music. So we focus on um, gospel, blues, uh, jazz, Zydeco, um, uh, Native American traditions, Appalachian string band musicians, because all of all, almost all the contemporary, you know, music that comes out of America comes is, is derivative, you know, rock and roll, yeah. influenced in some one way or another of mm -hmm. these traditions. Um, and they really, you know, because it, it was here, um, and we're here in North Carolina, so it was here in the Carolinas, and Virginia was the, the first place that you had, you know, these incredible Native American traditions of harmony singing and rhythms, and, and then you had uh, Europeans coming over, um, bringing um, their stringed instruments and ballad singing traditions, and then, of course, the Africans who were brought here, not by their own choice, but brought yeah. here nonetheless um, in large numbers with their incredible, both their their rhythm, rhythmic traditions and their singing traditions. And all everybody ends up here on the same song. It's a and, good mix. It and, works. Right, and, and what comes from that, you know, gospel, yeah. blues, all of it and jazz and, you know, and it was Kind of here on the east coast i mean most people will, will talk about american music and think you know the story starts in new orleans and ends in chicago but particularly blues but really it was here in the carolinas in virginia that those people were together for a hundred years before they got sent down the river and i mean you look at what has happened over the last number of years of the pandemic i mean how are the artists surviving now is it really still buzzing with life in terms of all this music locally so the cultural richness is all here. I mean, I, I think it's really, it's been very difficult for musicians to make a living off their music. Yeah. Um, the pandemic has been, so most of the artists that we work with are senior citizens here in America. 
Um, most of them, you know, a lot of them, you know, were living on, you know, our social security system, which are very humble payments because most of them were just working folks. And so they're maybe making, getting a, a payment of their pension is a thousand dollars a month from the government. And then, you know, they would maybe make another thousand dollars a month, um, at church on Sunday or a Saturday night gig in their community, occasional larger gigs from us. Cause we'll send, we would send people to festivals and performance series and stuff. Of course, all of that ended overnight. And oh, so we really ramped up our, um, our artist um, granting supports because we do grant artists for essential living needs if they are in crisis or are living in chronic poverty. Okay, so okay. Sending out payments for two years. So I suspect by the way you're speaking, you've seen some tough circumstances over the last couple of years by the way you're speaking that you, you've witnessed it. Absolutely. I mean, we've been looking at We've been looking at hard luck the whole time. I mean, that's kind of how we came to start the foundation in the first place. Okay. So, you know, um, my husband, Tim, uh, was interested in ethnomusicology and folklore, always around music, has been um, traveling around with a tape recorder and a camera um, and a guitar since he was 18, first in Western North Carolina, studying Appalachian mu uh, musicians at Warren Wilson College. Then he transferred to Friends World College and was studying Swahili Tarabo musicians in Kenya and Mombasa, Kenya. And then he did his master's work here at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. And during that time started to meet these blues musicians in the inner cities of the North Carolina Piedmont. Um, and he just, wherever he went, you know, we was always looking for the oldest guy that learned from the oldest guy to get to their roots. Um, and wherever he went, whether they were these white, you know, fiddlers in the mountains or these Swahili musicians or these blues artists here in the cities, the, 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 what they all had in common was everybody was broke. Nobody had a gig. And, and they were all hungry for an audience. And they were incredible musicians. You see, and, well, you just said it there, incredible musicians in those circumstances. It was their sweetness to life. Right. And so... Um, you know, we started the foundation in order to, to bring these artists to new audiences um, and in order to do that because they were living in their such stress of poverty. Many people didn't have instruments. They couldn't afford their medication, so they didn't feel well. Um, and, you know, our, our, our social safety net here is pretty thin in America. So yeah, yeah, I'm especially, especially for, you know, people in poverty, people of color, it's mm. just um, and so, you know, so we, we started the foundation to address these things because, you know, our government programs just don't address them. Yeah, yeah. It takes people like you guys and, to do something and, amazing. And also to, but we did it to preserve the music, right? So we also have an archive, you know, at the university library that will, will and started recording. Most of these artists had not been recorded or documented oh, wow. at all. And every time someone died, their treasure it was gone. Was it was gone. gone. Piece of American culture dying with them. Yes. And so yeah. we started, you know, documenting um, both in, you know, audio, um, video, and still photography. And when you talk about documenting this kind of thing, are you looking at, we'll say, their instruments that they're using? Are you looking at the cultural stories? Are you looking at how they create the music, the skill that they have? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, my, my husband's training as a folklorist is to look at all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, and, and it is interesting that you, you mentioned their instruments and, 
because every, every kind of musical cultural movement also has usually with it a visual art component as well, right? Artists okay. aren't always restricted to one medium, right? And so yes, a yeah. lot of these artists are also visual artists as well as musicians. And so, yeah, we look at all of it. Oh, fantastic. So it must be a treasure trove for somebody wanting to source some new music even or bring something out and, and make it public, even more public. Absolutely. Um, now, talking about your website, I mean, this is a fascinating subject. And I mean, you've so much on your website. I was looking through the notes um, that you have there and looking through your website. There's a lot there for people to look at. So can you tell us more about what's on your website and maybe how can people help your foundation to have more impact? Sure. So musicmaker.org is our website. If you go there, there's, you know, a nearly an artist, uh, 100 artist pages, each artist, you know, there is audio, there is video, and we tell their, sto their story. Um, we have these wonderful discovery journeys. Like, you know, if you're not familiar with the Piedmont Blues, which is this kind of special area of country blues from the East Coast of, of the States, you know, it'll take you on a journey and introduce you to a lot of artists and music. Um, also, there's one on Sacred Soul. We've been working a lot with these gospel artists from Eastern North Carolina. The, the depth and breadth of that music is incredible and it, and it really swings. Um, it is some of the most joyful music I've ever heard. I can't. Oh, wow. I didn't listen to that. And, um, and, you know, and if you talk to, to Southerners, they'll, they'll tell you the roots of all Southern music is in their church, right? And, and that was yeah. the one place on Sundays, um, that was the one place African-Americans could have a voice. Well, that's and, very true when you go back into history when they were really kept back, down. Was, that was the only place yeah. that African-Americans could gather. Yes, legally, yeah. Was and in use church, their voice. Yeah. And the uh, only place they could speak freely. So, yes, yeah. um, so, so this is the, the roots of it all. And it's, and it's still so alive here. Um, you know, a lot of the communities we work with here, they're still, um, they're still there. Their family, we did DNA on Freeman Vines, who's an incredible luthier and artist that you'll, you'll see um, on our website and it's Freeman Vines and his hanging tree guitars. Um, and he did DNA, you know, and his, his people have been in the same area of Eastern North Carolina since between 1670 and 1710. That's unbelievable. And it's unusual because America, right? We're a country. Yeah, where you travel around and you move but, around. But yeah. A lot of these communities, people are still there. Um, yeah, and that's there amazing. And I mean, when you think about what you're just speaking about there, that there must be so much knowledge in that one elderly man right there in terms of the family that came before him and the long-term history of his own family uh, even to be, it must be yeah. a huge job just to take documentation of all that. Yes, um, and, and it is a big job and, and we, you know, we're passionate about the work we do. So that's why we also, you know, we're producing books um, as well as the CDs. We have, we produced over 200 CDs um, and you can, you, you look up these artists, you can find their work also, you know, on Spotify, on Bandcamp, on, on uh, Apple Music. So we, we really are just trying to get, to the get it out there. And we, yeah. and our YouTube channel has over 200 videos. So, I mean, you could spend lots of time just, you know, meeting these artists, um, right on learning of their stories and so on. And, you know, oh, we a song book coming out this fall for musicians. Um, with 32 different songs that um, traditional blues songs that were um, transcribed and put in tablature. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it's a great teaching tool. 
And are there opportunities in your foundation for somebody in a university setting who wants to do some practical work and work in yeah, terms of documenting and so on? Sure, we've hosted interns for many years, um, you know, and sometimes they're just with us a couple days a week for a few months, or, you know, we had, we had two, um, French students come and do uh, from the University in Toulouse from uh, come and spend nine months with us. It was terrific. They spent a whole academic year with us. Fantastic, really fantastic. Fun. So there's, it seems to be a world, and I'm listening to this in this podcast now and again, of the huge importance it is to place professionals in situations like this to document because, you know, digital media kind of, you lose that, there's there's a loss there that if you don't go into the real location of where these people are, you do lose the value of what they have. Um, not everything is online yet. So um, a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Now, where can people go to learn more? It's musicmaker.org? .org. Yeah. yeah. And your main focus is YouTube. You would direct people to go to YouTube to I experience. Mean, I, would, I would go through the website and the website will also take you to our YouTube channel. Um, but like I... We like to kind of meet people where they are. So yes. Some people really love to go to YouTube. Yeah. Um, there, you know, we have a channel that's Music Maker. Same thing on Bandcamp. There's a whole yeah. Music Maker. It's got a really, really our deep catalog is on Bandcamp. But okay. some people prefer Spotify or Apple Music. Our, our music is up there too. But you have to search by artist because those um, platforms will not allow you to search by label. All right. So I'll include all the links in the podcast description. So whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to it via audio methods or whatever, the links are in the description to click forward. So thank you so much for coming on. It's great to learn of such work. And um, now in the future, I hope to get some of those artists on this podcast to plan a series. So listeners, stay tuned for that one, because that will be an exciting one to listen to the stories. Yeah, they have wonderful life stories to share. Yeah, that's most fascinating because, you know, the more you dig into music, the person behind the music is what creates this amazing sound. And, you know, when you hear the story and how it has come to be, fascinating um, insight into the whole musical genre. So thanks very much for coming on. All right, my pleasure. You take care.